And we welcome you inside this Monday Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comanti here with you alongside, as always, into the new year, the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Adge. Excited to start 2022 doing this with you, Jill. And uh, for the Kings, it's apparently new year, new us. That's according to Tyrese Halliburton after one win against a uh, COVID and injury depleted. I'm okay with him having that mindset. (laughs) But shit. Yeah, I guess. I love the confidence. Well, as, as well as a two-year player, he should have that mindset, right? Like right. if he's or if he's already like after two years saying this place is horrible and we're a sunken ship, like that would be really bad. Yeah. The alternative is worse. That's fair. Yeah. But uh the Kings did beat the Heat, who still had their two best players. Bam Adebayo has been out for a couple of weeks, actually since the beginning of December. He broke his thumb, I believe. And then they have guys in COVID protocol like PJ Tucker, I think Deadman, former King legend um all-time flop of a free agent signing Dwayne Dedman who's been awesome for the Miami Heat of course uh those guys and didn't that's play. where he fit perfectly before right like we see that so many times yeah <laughs> I hate that I hate that I and they use them differently I mean they use them like the Miami Heat use people I mean but it helps when you have a lot of talent around you right like mm-hmm. that's yeah and then the sub storylines uh that I don't think were as exciting as they could have been potentially of course the Kyle Guy and Nick Stauskas revenge games. And Kyle Guy had some good moments, and no one's ever doubted that Kyle Guy could ball. I saw someone tweet, I forget exactly who it was, uh, one of the, you know, Kings Herald guys, if I'm going to make a guess, said that, uh, or no, I think it was Tony Zipteris, said that uh, comments were made after the game about, you know, Kyle Guy being able to ball or whatever. And he said, like, we've always known that he just never got the fair chance, you know? Yeah, but Buddy, Buddy Heald made that comment. Someone made, yeah, yeah I'm trying to put, a lot of different things I read randomly together and I'm failing at it, but guy was guy was always a guy that could score and, and could have some good moments. It's what he was in college. He was a big time playmaker in college for that Virginia team that won it all. He just never got his fair shake here. And then Nick Stauskas, we don't need to even talk about Nick Stauskas. I don't think he did any, I think he had like one basket, maybe um, super anticlimactic, which is kind of uh, Nick Stauskas's career in a nutshell. Uh, just, Total letdown. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy for Kyle guy. Yeah. Um, Kyle guy was a great guy. He's a great guy. And that's the thing is he's, he's that like kind of sparky shooter. And one thing I think he's really improved and, you know, I'll credit Stockton's G league team and then what he's having to do in Cleveland now, but he, you're seeing much more of the playmaker side to him. When, when he came in, it was like, is he going to be a point guard shooting guard? Like what can he do? And to me, um, he seems much more almost fit into that scoring backup point guard type yeah. role, but his assist numbers are crazy. Like he, that dude puts up numbers in the G league. No problem. Like, and, and we know that he could shoot lights out. I mean, there were games where he was making like 10 to 12, three pointers last year. Oh yeah. Um, and some of the, in some of the Stockton games. And then we saw, you know, some flashes when, when he got some time here, but yeah, it was just never, when you have that much of a log jam in your guard rotation, you know, he, you're, he just didn't get the opportunities. So it's kind of cool seeing him, um, get those elsewhere. And he made the, the, he was part of the training camp roster with Cleveland and then they kept him for the G league. So that was, I mean, you know, and that's cool for him. Justin teams, James. So, um, yeah. And so, um, you know, maybe we'll, 
we'll see something. Well, and at first it was Utah that signed James and then they let him go and sign someone else right after. And then um, Cleveland picked him up, but yeah, we're seeing kind of, you know, the flashes that we saw before. So, you know, this was the cool thing that we had said, you know, the last couple of weeks is that we like seeing these, you know, young guys that have talent, um, but have never really been able to kind of break in. And you look at that, like the warriors and, um, Gary Payton jr. Right. Like for seven years, that dude has been trying to break in. And this year he's found his niche on the, on the warriors team. Like, it's just cool seeing guys that have put in so much work. Um, you know, and Kyle guy worked out with the team for the whole, for the whole summer. Like he was with Rico and all those guys, um, yeah. you know, in LA and then going back and forth between his home and stuff like that in the Midwest. So, I mean, he, you know, we know he puts in the work, so it's cool seeing, um, you know, guys get their opportunities Always. when, when they come. Cause if not, I feel like he could go make a good amount of money in Europe. I oh, mean, worst case. So I would um, shred it out there. I hope he, I hope he keeps going and, and gets his opportunity. So, and there's very few teams, Jill, I think we could agree that can take a G league talent or some underdeveloped talent and utilize them appropriately and grow them as an NBA basketball player. Few teams do it better than the Miami heat who can spin guys out of nowhere. Duncan Robinson is a really good recent example. The guys we saw last night, two of them in the lineup, starting lineup, Omar, you're seven, the Turk Nowitzki, mm-hmm. uh, a beast, 22 points, 16 rebounds. He was incredible in summer league play. We saw it. I think Mark Jones made the comment that he loves to play in Sacramento because that's when originally he made his name. The Heat signed him to an actual contract, and now he got his his big chance, well, these past couple games, I think. And Caleb Martin, who was released by Charlotte. Yeah. A really good wing player, 3 and D guy, went to the UNR, and he had 15 yeah. points. And, yeah, and you know, I want to say that's one thing I think where I keep bringing up like the Miamis and the Torontos that have found kind of these hidden gems, right? Every year they seem to find one. I think what they do a really good job of is they evaluate their roster, right? Like they know what they have. They're not trying to make somebody into something they're not. And then they find these gems and say, we're missing this piece. Like let's find someone that we can develop like that fits this particular role. And that's like, that's their role. That's what they're going to do. And they keep finding these guys, right? Like that was the Duncan Robinson. There were games where that dude made like six to nine threes and did not dribble once. Like it was literally yep. like you ran the play, like you ran specific plays. His job was defense and to catch and shoot like nothing else. And so I just see that you find, they just seem to always be able to find some sort of role. And it helps when you have the talent on your roster. Like, we'll right. keep saying that. Take you know the I mean? like they're Miami, their destination. That's that's cool. Um, but it helps when they have that talent and then they know the exact pieces they're missing and they're able to mold, you know, find guys that, that fit that mold and then plug them in. And the Spurs did that forever, right? Like, that was their calling card where they had their, you know, three, four core guys. And then you found exactly what you needed from everybody else. And everyone played their specific role. You didn't try to turn into someone into someone else. Like it was, they drafted that person and made them that way rather than, Oh, I'm not going to draft him. I'm going to go take this guy and try to mold them into this. Um, I always kind of felt like instead of taking like Donovan Mitchell, I'd said at the time, they didn't take Donovan Mitchell because they tried to turn Buddy Heald into Donovan Mitchell, like as the shooting guard, like, and that was never good. Like, that's just not him. 
right? Like how many years do we have to see that? And so I just feel like some of these other teams, they know exactly what they have and they don't try and force, you know, players outside of their skill sets. Which is why if Buddy gets to a team that is in a better situation, has a better We all know he's going to excel. (laughs) He's going to do great. He'll still have those hot cold days because that's Buddy healed in a nutshell, but he, he won't be hated if he's in a, in a much more stable right. area where there's more talent around him. And like if we ever here. were able to add more talent here, like he would have been fine here too. I think, yeah. I mean, it's just, didn't, it's never worked out that like we keep right. And we keep saying this, there's guys that have talent here, but together they just don't fit. And so to me, like, I think we're both in this set, like we're happy with wins, but we're like, we're not expecting anything to change. Because for well, three years now, like for three years now, they've showed us mm-hmm. don't expect it to change. This is how we play together. And it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like we might have some individual talent, but together for whatever reason, just doesn't, it doesn't work. So until something changes, it's hard for me to think that. Yeah, I want the players to think that because they should, I mean, they're the ones out there on the court, but as a fan, I there's really not much of a reason for us to think that until, you know, changes moves are made that um, something will magically. And this is what change. What I was saying to you before we went on here was that because they have individual talent that just doesn't mesh well, it leads them to be in situations like they were yesterday where they can beat a, a talented team in the East and then probably follow it up by getting blown out by the Lakers. They can, they can do this up and down, hot and cold roller coaster that we've seen all year and pretty much all of last year because we can hang if, around the jazz and then lose to a, a G league team. Like right. that's just how it is. Because right. You have talent to compete, but if in the games that it doesn't work, it's a disaster in the games that it does work, you play competitive or you get a win. I would love to know what the Kings record is in games where buddy healed has at least 20 points and five threes. Cause last night he had 26 points. It's up there. Seven threes. They were very they have a good wet record. They right. They have to when buddy shoots yeah. like that, Buddy doesn't shoot like that every game. He's like the Kings and shows up one day, doesn't the next. And then we get pissed one day, happy the next pissed. I mean, since we lasted an episode, Jill, they beat Mavericks in a, in a good entertaining game, even though the Mavericks were shorthanded, then didn't show up in the second half on new year's Eve, got destroyed by Dallas. wasn't very close. And then did this. We just don't know what to expect ever. Does that mean the Kings suck? Yes, but not as individuals. Again, I don't think the players, sure. I, I refuse to believe because I hear like Tim Maxwell and or Sacktown Baby Giraffe says a lot like these guys suck. I don't think they suck. They suck together. They don't suck as players. And that's why I think there's more value to some of these guys than we lead on. They just don't belong in the same gym and on the same roster. It's, it, it's, it's the well same way that people say change. that players here suck all the time and then they will go find the perfect role on another team. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden they don't suck anymore. Like they're all good enough to get here. It's just you, the NBA com- shows year in and year out. You have to be in the perfect situation unless you have a team of all-stars. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. And if you're not in the right situation for you, like that can completely derail you. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And even the teams with our all-stars, a ton of talented players, they can struggle if, Obviously yeah. the chemistry isn't there or the coaching isn't, you know, the exact guy they need to lead them. Uh, we, you know, it's a, a good Kings win. People are kind of happy when the social media team posts a post game speech from Alvin Gentry, which I just noticed that they had posted one. 
Uh, and I didn't watch the whole thing. I do like Alvin. I think we've all fallen in love with him more and more, especially in these, ironically, in the postgame pressers in which they lose, Alvin Gentry is fucking hilarious. I mean, the if you guys need to find me, I'll be drinking. Like that on Friday yeah. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm open the, for suggestions. Yeah, the drinky one, Christina had a, a good one where she posted on top of it where it was the one of us, one of us. Yeah. Where it was like, that's something a King Stan would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he uh, he's a funny guy. And what I did catch, of course, was him hammering the the motto of this team established by Rico Hines, now a front of the bench assistant, is just keep stacking days. And when you're a team like this where you're so unpredictable and you don't know what the future holds because there's going to be some change, I know everyone is off, like saying, joking that McNair is just asleep at the wheel. I'm so confident McNair is going to do something, probably something pretty big when the time comes. We just don't know when that time is. But for a team like that, you got to take it one day at a time. And you're still the 10th seat. Unbelievably. Unbelievably. Well, and, and that's why, I mean, I they're still in it, whether – we like it or not, right? Like whether people like it or like whether people out there like it or not, depending on what their viewpoint of this team is, they're in it. And so do you like you it? have an own you also have an owner that really wants to make the playoffs. So yeah. it as long as you're still in it, I think it would be hard for any GM to probably try and um sell a free for all, you know, if, if you're to an owner who wants to make the playoffs because no, he hasn't had happen. it before. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. realistically, like that's where I'm at until I see it. Like until they show me otherwise, I have no reason to believe that. Um, you know, if, if there's a chance there that then they're gonna try and get the chance. You know, yeah. so um, we can we... ask COVID to keep going away because again, most of the, a lot of the league is in protocols, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll keep saying this, that hinders deals from being made because you literally cannot complete a deal if someone is in health and safety protocols like that. Yeah, that eliminates, you know, we've been waiting for the player pool to open right to get these deals done. Well, now it's limited again because you have guys out every other day and they can't travel. They can't complete physical like there's, you know. You probably don't want to be the team to trade someone on a health and safety protocol either. Yeah, um, it's and, not then, look and then you don't know how many days you have to wait to complete it. Like, right. Then you're sitting there without, you're trying to field eight players, right? So let's say you make a trade for, you know, you send two guys out and you're getting two guys. Well, if people are out in protocols, you just eliminated two people from each team from, and you don't know how, when they can even come to your team. Yeah. So then you're what signing 10 days until you can complete a trade. Like, I don't know. There's just, no, there's layers to it. There's, I mean, it's yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we have seen two um, trades in the past week. Neither of them were really exciting. The Cavaliers tragically I'll say, because he was having such a great season and the team's been so much fun to watch. Ricky Rubio he, towards ACL. What was the exact injury now? And now I'm actually forgetting ACL, what it was yeah. ACL. In, a, in an injury that he had sustained previously in the same leg. Um, he's out for the season. In a contract year, that sucks. And he in a contract so well. year. He was playing so well on an upstart Cavalier team. So they went ahead and traded for Rajon Rondo to kind of fill that role, well, to fill that role as backup point guard from the Lakers. And then Denzel Valentine, who was shipped to LA in return, was then shipped today to the Knicks, to which York. is, yeah. I don't think anything. I don't think anything of that. So, <laughs> and all they did was help LA clear. 
Yeah, that's all. LA just wanted that that spot. So and they wanted the roster spot open. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing is interesting to me about the Cavs is I don't know if anyone's been looking at Kevin Love's numbers recently, but I'm super curious what the Cavs are going to do with Kevin Love. If they're going to keep him because he's fitting in with that group really well right now. Now that he's healthy, I mean he's putting up almost 20 a night, hitting five plus threes. Um, they're playing defense. They're the number three defense in the league right now. They went from not that far from the Kings to number three. The Timberwolves were the team right below us last year. Where are they? Number 10. So again, switching some things up, adding length, um, all things that can help change a defense, which this team is still sitting in their same spot. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it'll be interesting. I think I said it to you on here, or I just said to my basketball fan friend, uh, good luck trying to score in a paint against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And then Isaac Okoro is on the perimeter and Rubio when he was healthy. is on the perimeter. Darius Garland's no schmuck. Like not even that good of a defender, but he's like seven feet. So I mean, yeah, he's just long. you're adding length. And like yeah. we said, when, when, even if you're not that good at defense, having the fallback of, of having the wingspan or the length, like extremely helps and oh, yeah. tipped ball, you know, just putting a hand, like it, it can, Kings don't have that type of help. And so we just know, um, yeah. And so it's just, but yeah, I'm curious to see what Kevin love, yeah, um, well, if they're going to keep him or if that's a name that's going to be shot, there hasn't really been much talk about it recently. Like sure. we always heard about it right in the off season because they were going to be a, a bad team, which turned out not to be true. Um, I would find yeah, it weird. I mean, that was, int- will be interesting. It'd be weird if they traded him now and he has $28 million left on his contract for next year. He's a free agent 2023, but he's got one more year after this for 28 mil. That's going to be hard to move when you're talking about a guy who's, I think, 34 and has injury problems. And so I would go ahead and bet that unless they get a good offer, like a legitimate one that still keeps the talent going up. People thought the same thing with Horford and his deal has been moved like twice. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. You just never know. Yeah. I mean, if if there's a contender that wants that needs him enough, they'll pay it because mm-hmm. they'll pay. They're already well, in why the, would packs the Cavaliers get rid of them? just the packs clear cap. Unless I guess they're, so. unless they're getting some young talent. Like if there's a contending team that wants him and has some young assets, I think then you do it. Cause you clear cap and get younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was always their goal. What was said that he would be traded for. So, um, but now that he's working with you, I mean, and he seems happy, like he's never, I will say one thing about him is he's never been one that's like he's accepted the situation there. And you know what I mean? Like during the bad and made the best of it. So, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting, but just, I have him. Yeah. I have him for fantasy and he's, I mean, he's just been going off. So yeah, that's Um, a good, and as well as the calves, you know, even with all their injuries, they're still playing great. And so I feel so um, proud of myself. I know that was a name that people had, been preparing to watch for so um, i feel so proud of myself for predicting i didn't think they're gonna be this good but for just seeing the potential of the calves and pointing it out it's on record it's recorded previous <laughs> spotify episode or apple podcast like i can dig it up i know it was said that i believed in the caps so hope they keep chugging along and i would love it if they kept being aggressive trying to make the team better they need some wings i just don't know about rondo there I don't know. rondo's weird rondo's a weird one but god it's been there done that kind of like rubio it doesn't shoot like rubio though uh, uh, thanks to uh, Brett Huff, a fan of um, a good friend of the show, 
and uh, I guess a fan of the show as well, and a Kings fan. He uh, reminded me this morning about how many days we have till the actual trade deadline with a photo of Kwame Brown. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. 38 days. 38 days, yeah. So the NBA trade deadline. I forgot Kwame Brown was an NBA player. Uh, played for like every NBA team, it seemed. 38 days is not a long time. I don't know why when I read that, I was like, is that right? And then I realized we're in January now. And the deadline is always the first week of February or into just the start of the second week. I forget. I think it's February 9th. I should really look, do more research before. Yeah, I don't know if it's adjusted based on everything that's going on. It'll be interesting to see if there's anything that's changed. But uh, I'm thinking, well, obviously there won't be 38 days till we see trades, more trades, but we're going to get pretty close to that deadline with thanks to the COVID madness before we start seeing crazy. And people don't want to hear this here, but as long as the Kings are kind of like, right, still in this, like they're around, you might not see something until closer. You know what I mean? Like to really see like, okay, we're a week out. Where are we now? Sure. You know, it's the reason why you see so many deals done the day, you know, 24 to 48 hours prior to, to deadline going out. Um, and especially with all this uncertainty and so many teams still in it and not in it, like it's crazy that teams are still this close to each other. And I think that's still hindering because you don't, you only have a handful of teams that are completely, completely out. You know what I mean? Like that they're not within the 10 contention and even the Kings at 10, aren't that far behind. I mean, aren't that far ahead of the Spurs or the Blazers? Like those teams could very easily overtake and then us go back down to, to 14 or whatever it was. So I just think that um, as much as we might not like it and I hope it doesn't do, I mean, I hope it doesn't end up being this way, but I also wouldn't be completely shocked if as long as it keeps playing out this way that you might not see anything until it until close end of January. The plan has added, obviously, a whole wrinkle to this where teams that realistically, with eight teams making it, no plan, are not going to make the playoffs. You know, they, they're they now going for it because they're actually within distance of the 10th, which is literally the Kings, who, to build on what you said, they're a half a game and then one game, one and a half games, uh, ahead of the Spurs and Blazers, respectively, for the 10th seed. And then looking upward, they are only three and a half games out of the sixth seed, which is clears the play in. You don't have to play right. the play in. And that's the Clippers who they currently have a better head to head against record against. And Paul George is hurt, right? Like, yeah, they're between injuries and COVID. Like, yeah, it's still anybody's game. It's besides, the top, you know, the very, very top. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was literally about to say the top four are pretty much locked in. It's going to be everybody the Suns, else, Spurs. It's, it's really anyone else's game. Not the Spurs. And, the Suns I and mean, Warriors. Yeah. And do we really think the Blazers are not going to like swing for something? I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Um, McCollum is coming back soon. They think there's it's, a report just, it's hard to imagine a, a playoffs without Dame and CJ. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. They have a lot of good postseason memories. I'm just realizing now that the Rockets after that fun win streak have now lost seven straight. They're, the more of a roller coaster than the Kings, which is incredible. And they've suspended guys. Yeah, that's a whole. And the East um, is as it's as it usually is a mess. Yeah. So maybe it's weird, Jill. The Bulls are number one seed in the East. The fuck is happening? Look what can happen. Look what can happen in a year and a half of someone taking over. It's crazy. Uh, 
I want to know what, but my favorite trade package by far is the bulls and Harrison Barnes trade package of, of, um, Patrick Williams by far. I haven't even seen this. If they're going to do, I think you just told me a lot of the, the like athletic, um, bulls reporters think that because he's out for the year, right. Um, people's out for the year, like, and they need a wing. If you really can, badly. they were talking about like Jones, a first and P will. And it was like, uh, take it and run. Um, or Jones P will. And I think, um, Derek Jones Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, to match salary, like how they sure. were doing it. Um, but for the Kings, you'd be getting a player who's not available this year, but a really good young mm-hmm. wing defender talent. So, um, and Troy Brown to is me, that was, that too. was the one that I liked. Um, out of any of the sure. Harrison Barnes, you know, ones that I've heard, but, and I'd love to see him go to a winner, right? Like oh, yeah. he'd fit in well there. Oh, um, absolutely. That's, but that's that good. is a name that Chicago media is, is targeting. So ah. It's him, him and Grant. Those are the two. Right. And, and the, Grant based Hurt. on their salaries there, um, the offers are essentially the same, but with Grant Hurt and Barnes right. not, your move Chicago but I uh, would hope if there was a move like that on the table the Kings would have taken it so I, I mean I don't know I don't we know. don't know we don't know what goes on in McNair's head and we're about to touch on Monty here in a second but I have one quick aside speaking of the Bulls and we are gonna I imagine soon maybe next episode touch back uh dig back into your list Jill of head coaching candidates that you've compiled because we haven't done that in a little bit I just realized is Chris Fleming on that list by chance He's the interim coach currently for the Bulls. He's been with Donovan for a while. He was a coach in Germany. I think he uh, is slowly starting to make himself a pretty good name. He's not for high up on my list, but he's not high up on the list. But he's easy on he's, the list. That was he's, just... he's a. Well, I have told you, there's Betty on the list, but That's he's fair. down there. Yes. Okay. I was just trying to see how impressive this list is because Fleming is is going to get some love. Like I, I would imagine, as especially if he keeps coaching and they keep winning because they're on a seven game win streak. If Walson can get the love for coaching a super team in golden state and then <laughs> turn that into a job. I think Chris Fleming, who's been in the league much longer and coached mm-hmm. overseas should deserve that love as well. Uh, a very well-rounded organization suddenly, cause they weren't for very long uh, for so long, I should say, but good GM, good coaching staff, good product on the court. A shocker how that works. All right. Yesterday, yeah. our buddy James Ham tweeted out before the game. He's had King- a good showcase. We'll put it that way. It's had a good showcase. Showcase. Yeah. I don't know. And again, we don't know with coaches how long they're going to be in protocol. Gentry was gone for, what was it, four games in the end or five? Forget how many we had Christy for. But he, uh, he's going to get more run. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan's been helping him, though, by his clutch shots. Uh, James Ham tweeted that Wes Wilcox, assistant general manager, and Monty McNair, general manager, were flanking, as he put it, Vivek Ranadive courtside yesterday uh during the game and then i think wilcox again i was telling you i didn't really see wilcox i saw mcnair so i'm thinking maybe wilcox was there just like at the start of the game and then might have gone to go do assistant general manager duties or take his kid to soccer practice i don't know but this was for sure jill i feel like this was uh, like not for sure i have a feeling this might have been the first time i've seen mcnair courtside i don't remember him sitting courtside next to vivek um he i don't even know where has. he usually is he has. Okay. Yes. But like right there, um, like I've seen not a lot, like near the, the bench. Of them. 
Yeah. Okay. No, he's he sat in like multiple different. Yeah. Nonetheless, with, with guys, but yes, th- this isn't the first time. No. Right. Um, but there was because he it was also did it when Vladi came that day too. <laughs> and they oh, all that's sat right. That's right. Um, How could I forget that? That was. Weird. But no, he has sat there previously, but I don't remember Wes necessarily sitting there. And he also, I, I also think he doesn't try and do this very much because it gets noticed. Yeah. Um, True. You know, yeah. whenever it kind of does happen. But uh, it was just weird timing. Interesting to be a fly, a fly mm-hmm. on the wall. Um, fly yeah. On the wall. So. I, I, I just, you know, we're just going to obviously speculation. Uh, we won't try and speculate. It was just worth mentioning because definitely don't remember when both of them were there next to McNair or next to Vivek. Right. And, and, then just, and as we've been told, those are like the two heads of the snake, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, I, I'm curious whether that was Vivek that said, hey, I would like you guys to watch the game with me. I'm like, very well could have. Yeah. Come, come, come look at what you've put together and front row, Joe, tell me what what do you see? Because I don't see much. And this is just the fact that it came after the game against Dallas. That was just such a, just a mess, you know, just a total collapse causing Gentry to go drink afterwards. I, I, I just, it was auspicious timing. And um, the fact that the fact of the matter is though, is there really much of a storyline there? The GM sitting next to the owner during a basketball game? No, it's not crazy. I but just don't like interesting that. in Sacramento. It's always interesting in Sacramento. <laughs> And then I just wish that McNair would find a spot, you know, Vlade was consistent and Jeff Petrie was consistent. I'm in the, I'm in the tunnel. I'm a tunnel guy. I'm going to chill here. I'm going to flex on, on everyone, how big and tall I am. Cause like I'm over the railing. Cause I'm seven feet tall here. Vlade and Jeff Petrie was six, six, seven or whatever. McNair is just, you know, kind of floating around the arena. It's almost a game to try and find where McNair is. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's been in the suites before. He's been down in the tunnel area. Like he's been in the front row. Yeah, he's like touring the arena. A couple different spots. Yeah, Just trying to kind trying of to like look. by the by the um where the players sit before in the front row. Like he's been in different. Yeah, I don't know. And he's ne- like, yeah, there's never really been a a talk about like his designated. You know where to find him. Like so many others here. So. He doesn't want you to find yeah. him. That's and I think Vladi did that because like that was his like Petri omen, like, right? Like that's what he yeah. knew. And so that's um, true. He was used to Petri I also don't him. know. I don't know what Daryl Moore used to do, which is where he maybe would have like, yeah, that's where he was brought up and would have saw like how he did it. So, yeah, I don't know. It would be an interesting thing to try and like put together a compilation of like where every NBA GM tends to be yeah. during a game and it always helped variety yeah when i did have my season tickets i was able to to look at all that stuff because i had seats by where like ken and brandon williams used to sit um and then back in the day where, like where mike brats was um so like you could always like find mm-hmm. um find your guys and so with me being not being there it's um yeah I'm have you I'm relying on others too <laughs> yeah, I wish I had that Jill to do the inside see, work for us. So. As long as Ken Continental. One of these days, well. one of these days, I'll get there and I'll I'll look around. Yeah, I just I miss Ken. I hope Ken's doing great. Yeah, and then Ken had, and then when Brandon got like, you know, that whole issue, then mm-hmm. Ken would sit there by himself. Like Brandon <laughs> stopped coming out because after that whole thing happened with Jaeger, like he stopped yeah. going and sitting there, and so poor little poor Ken was just chilling there where he'd Ken? you know bring another guy up, but. Has seen some yeah. shit. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's always interesting to watch. Yeah. 
nice. then I was, and then I was always by the assistants families where the assistants families sit mm-hmm. for their, the coaching staff. So you always had interesting conversations. Um, oh, hearing yeah. the interesting talk there between you'd have some player section and then where all the assistant coaches family sit. So I'm remembering now, actually, when I was living in SAC, I would sometimes valet, I would valet those my job in college, but I would on Saturdays, I'd be at Arden Fair Mall valeting. And I'd see a lot of people there, like Kings people. I saw Jesse Murmurs, or however you say his last name, Walton's friend. He had parked in my valet spot. And then kind of funny, he was leaving. And so he was going to his car. He goes, oh, are these valet spots? And I looked at him. I was like, he's wearing a King's hat. I knew who he was. And I was like, yeah. I was like, but it looks like you're leaving. So I guess it doesn't really matter. He goes, my bad, dude. And I was like, yeah, well, have a good one. And then I was going to be like, go get a win. But I didn't, you know. I wasn't a hundred percent certain it was him. So if it wasn't him, it would have been weird, but I know for a fact, I did watch Ken Continella as I'm sitting there at this podium at Art mall, kind of bored. And there's a, there's a, there's a trash can right next to the podium. So people would you know, come out or walking in, they're throwing stuff in Ken Continella. All of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I look over and he's peeling a banana, throwing the banana is peeling the trash can eats his banana and looks at me weird context to put it like that. But I was like, I kind of like head nodded him and he was like, Hey, and like eating his banana and just wandering into the mall. I was like, that was Ken Continella. It was such a <laughs> weird interaction to have enjoying his banana. Oh, that's great. He didn't have like shopping bags. Well, and I wonder like how many people person? would ever would act actually like recognize those oh, guys. I know, so yeah. it would be funny to be yeah, like, go get a trade. And he'd yeah. be like, Oh my God, someone recognized me. Fix that seller cap, Ken. <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I can't believe I forgot about that. And I've never shared that with you, but it was, it was definitely hilarious. I was like, what a weird interaction to have with that guy. And I thought the same thing. I am one of very few people that was going <laughs> to notice who that was. Like no one else is going to know who that guy is. Right. He looks like a guy that works at a desk for, you know, Merrill Lynch. So anyway, <laughs> Um, so true, so true. 16 and 22 Sacramento Kings. They play tomorrow against the Lakers and then they'll come back to sack and play the Hawks. So a back-to-back tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it, it, we're just, every time before we do these episodes, Jill, I ask you, what do you want to talk about? Cause at this point it's so nothing, same old, you know, same old. <laughs> same old, same old. We just don't really know what to do. So we'll hear try- something until, yeah. Until there's a significant, like, or any move made, like it's our opinions haven't really changed. Yeah, no, we, we don't, you know, like Carmichael, Dave, try and fool you and, and, or try and tease it with how you're thinking. Me and Jill are not, we don't care about wins uh, or wins like this. We're like, yeah, they won, but okay. It is like, yeah, we'll celebrate every win because no, I'll never be we sad rarely get wins. Yeah, um, we rarely get wins. But as you said, like it's, it doesn't change anything with how we overall view and if they do the make state, it, the state of the kings the state of the kings is still shit so we we haven't changed from that deviated from that but uh when the trades do come because uh, they will me and jill will likely maybe maybe <laughs> potentially throw on a live episode and, and try and do something right away so because we have the material to talk about but until then i hope you guys stick with us we're gonna probably get back to jill's coaching list uh, we always have the water coolers um in different games we try and incorporate but yeah it's a lull you I know lost we're in the lull period i lost i you lost did a, lose candidate a candidate yeah but a as a as an aces fan until we get the monarchs back i've been an aces fan when they as soon mm-hmm. as they started just because i have family there and i've been able to go out and um and do all that as an aces fan i'm happy yeah the great coach ass. um so- you know i'm happy for her to to get an opportunity i don't for Unlike others, I don't think her going there and getting the opportunity means that her 
goal of eventually maybe being an NBA coach's change because she had to take the opportunity to finally be a head coach. Oh yeah. You know, like no matter oh, yeah. where that comes. And so no, um, I don't blame her for, doing you know, that and if she goes and takes that roster, which we all think is an extremely talented roster and, and it's been underutilized. Um, she can go do big things there. Like that's just even more props to her. So, and she's getting like the slash GM duty. So, I mean, that's even more responsibility. Mark Davis. Um, Cause she has interviewed for both in the NBA It's GM and yeah, um, she interviewed for the Bucks GM position years ago. Um, so yeah, this is good opportunity for, and it's pretty cool that it's going back to that was the, the San Antonio stars franchise that moved to, sure. um, to be the aces. And so her jersey's in the rafters and she gets to coach him. Like that's badass. No, that is badass. And she's badass. And, uh, much love to, uh, to Mark Davis or owner of my Raiders, who's now the owner of Vegas aces. She's doing some good things with that team since taking over and doing that for getting Becky in there. That's huge. I mean, that is, I was hyped when I saw that because I'm like, that's, that's big moves to get a coach like that for that team. That is like you said, has talent. And now they're going to have probably one of the best coaches in the WNBA. They have finished second or, you know, have been in the semis almost every year since they've been um, in the league based on them starting and having those number one picks and the talent they have. Um, And hopefully she'll add some three point talent, which is really like the one thing that they're, that they're kind of missing, but putting her with Kelsey Plum and and point God um, in the WA uh, Chelsea Gray is freaking awesome. And then add that to, to Wilson. Um, just, yeah, super excited, super excited. And this reminds me, we got to get our, my buddy, Sean Holko back on here, host of the Sean Avon show. Cause he is a huge, huge WNBA fan. So yep. we got to have one episode where we get him on. Cause he know, he'll know a little bit more about it than me, but I love the passion. I love the game that is continuing to grow. Uh, all right. That'll do it for us on this Monday. Uh, thank you guys. I hope you had a happy new year. Keep forgetting it's 2022. New Year, same bullshit kind of Jill, honestly. That's that's what I wish Tyrese had said. New Year, same bullshit. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone send your uh, positive vibes to G-Man. G-Man's oh, yeah. down with COVID. So uh, everyone send him uh, him and Miss Marlene some good thoughts. To the, wife, so. to the goat of King's radio broadcasting and just the goat of radio broadcasting, period. All right. You guys have a great rest of your day. Till next time. Later, dudes.